Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, the podcast from the middle that looks at all the glamour and indignity of being a grown-up woman. Did you know more than half of homeowners pay way too much on their mortgage to the tune of three and a half grand a year? Well, this podcast is brought to you by Habito, who won't charge you a fee to do everything they can to stop you paying more than you need to. Less mortgage hell, more money in your pocket. By the way, if you listen to this on a new app called Entale, E-N-T-A-L-E, you will be able to see pictures, shop links, and generally have a really relaxing magazine experience. I'm Annabelle, and I'm absolutely fine, but... My clothes are going wrong today. I'm wearing a jumpsuit. You know how jump, some jumpsuits are sort of romper suits? This one isn't. This one I fill. So it's quite tight. And I'm wearing pants that are quite small because I got given a set of really enormous pants a couple of weeks ago and I've been wa- able to wear nothing else since. <laughs> and I'm worried about slipping into pants that start below my boobs and then basically <laughs> above my knees. So I'm, try- I'm wearing some smaller ones today, except they're, my knickers are literally getting in a twist. So that's having a sort of double effect. It's like a tourniquet effect around my hips. So I'm bulging as they get tighter and tighter and tighter. So so those are the pants. Also, my, my sock has slid off my foot inside my boot maybe six times this morning and because the jumpsuit is quite tight every time I bend over to try and pull the sock up I'm convinced that the jumpsuit's going to split so so I'm having real sartorial stress today so how are you Em? Uh, well god I, I think compared to that I feel I'm absolutely fine um, <laughs> except for the fact that I am not sleeping now I am not an insomniac like you so I feel like a, I've got, obviously got imposter syndrome about insomnia yes, yes. Um, but and what I do is I wake up so I wake up at one, two, three, four, in a kind of panic, and then I go back to sleep. But what is happening now is that I'm just waking up, and the, the final panic is at, betw- is at like 4.45, and then yeah. that's me done. They call it arsenic hour if you wake up in the fours, because it poisons you. And, and also, if you wake up every hour, you're never asleep. You're not no, getting I any recovery. No, I feel like I haven't slept. I feel like I haven't slept, and, and, I, and I'm now worried that this is it, that this is like 2020 is now like my year of of, of The year when you stop sleeping forever. <laughs> be me done. <laughs> anyway, um, thank God it doesn't matter that I haven't had any sleep because I didn't think it was possible to find someone who loves puns more than I do. But here we are. Her game-changing campaign for flexible working is called Flex Appeal. Her one-time Instagram video series based on a certain villa-based dating show was called Glove Island and starred many a hot marigold. And her name, well, it may be Anna Whitehouse, but we all know and love her as Mother Pucker. From parenting Instagrammer to political powerhouse, she's an author and a Heart FM presenter. She uses her platform tirelessly to broaden the working horizons for all of us. Welcome to the podcast, Anna. How are you? God, could you just do my PR? (laughs) (laughs) You guys wake up in the morning and just hear that, like a mantra. It's okay, I can record it for you. I have this every day. (laughs) (laughs) She's pure sunshine. Sometimes we're doing something, and if I'm being, you know, it doesn't matter how evil I'm being, she should just lean over and whisper. You're magnificent. <laughs> Which is sort of sinister, but fabulous. Because it's when you, you know, you get to that point in an evening about four in the morning where you've had a few drinks. And you're like, I'm rich, I'm famous, everybody loves me. And then you wake up the next morning, you're like, I'm poor, I'm lonely, everybody hates me. And you've got like a receipt attached to your face. You're like, I need someone to, me, to pull, pull me out of that. It to me about every 30, 30, 30 seconds throughout the day. I'm so triggered that I go from everybody loves me to, you know, I'm going to die alone and panic. Develop like alarms that say you are, like, wake you up saying you are magnificent. You are, you're dynamic, you're, you're dynamic, you're invincible. <laughs> they you probably are do. dynamic. Yeah. You are dynamic. Get the fuck out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> Show us your dynamism. Anyway. anyway. But how are you? Uh, yeah, well, I'm absolutely fine. Uh, but I did a campaign with Anne Summers a couple of years ago 
you might remember it. I, I, don't I know. mean, I've seen so many brilliant Instagram stories of you in various states of undress, which is which is just brilliant. It's when my dad's watching my Insta stories. I'm like, no, daddy, stop watching. Daddy, stop. Daddy, stop watching. There's, there's going to be a bit of uh, is it arioli the bit yeah. on your boob, not alioli. That's the garlic. No, that's dip, the garlic thing. Yeah. I think the garlic Ario- dip. Could daddy, be either. Or it could be both. Daddy, you're going to see arioli. Stop. <laughs> and uh, so they gave me weird, loads of sachets of lubrication for some reason. It came okay. with all of uh, the outfits I had outfits I mean that's been <laughs> that's been kind <laughs> the, the crotchless the panties crust. that they exactly. sent me and my outfit and today is going to be today we're going to be a bit breezy around the nethers and so I was the could, lube in order to help like you slide into it it was a, I don't know why it was It was just in the bag like you know how they give like free scents sometimes to try things out and um, I couldn't find any lip balm this morning <laughs> And so, you know, when your lips are literally breaking and the kids are screaming and I was just like, I've got to get here. And I was like, I don't have time to get my Vaseline. I can't, I can't find anything. So I was like, that will do. I just put it on. <laughs> you and I was going to say I'm absolutely fine, but, but I continue to be absolutely fine. Worked a treat. It worked. I bet like, you did. I mean, you know, it's, if it's good for the lips down below, it's going to be good for upstairs, isn't it? Do you know what? Do you know lip lube. Someone should do that. You should do it. Lip lube by Mother Pucker. <laughs> Guys. I mean, it, it's, that's a million dollars. Oh my God, we need to trade Sorry, a billion <laughs> dollars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so small time. Lip lube. You can, because you can use it, you should be able to use it on both, 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 both ends. Both lips. You know, from nips to lips. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I'm absolutely fine. Uh, but actually, I'm fine. But you're, you're but fine. coated yeah. in lube. Yeah. I wonder if it's like that, you know, the hemorrhoid cream that, what was it that, preparation that, people, that people put yes. under their bags in order to, because it, it was, was going to tighten up your anus. We don't mean handbags. Um, eye bags. Yes. Wasn't that a Marilyn Monroe thing? I think yes, so. Yes, it was. Wasn't she yeah. Chanel number no. five in Preparation H? Yeah. And, and then somebody said to use pseudocreme overnight. So like slather pseudocreme over your face. Have you ever tried that? I did. Uh, but yeah, I d- can I just tell you? Tell me. It never sinks in. No. I mean, you sit there with your white pseudocreme mask on I mean, for about five days. You did it, do an entire working day with it on. You were we trying it out. We did I an experiment. I put it on in the morning. And, and said, how am I doing? Is it sunk in yet? I mean, it was tea time and I was still bright, bright, Chalky. bright, chalk white. Yeah. Anyway, which is not really what you want at, at any point ever. What, chalk whiteness? Just that sort of I'm pale, like, flakiness. I'm brushing on that fake tan, that Amanda Harrington fake tan, brushing and You're brushing obsessed. and brushing. Um, oh, and then, you use Amanda Harrington. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It is good, actually. Because it makes you more beautiful, not just browner, because it has a brush so you can contour and give yourself cheekbones and things. Oh, my goodness. Just the one contouring contour. makes me feel terrified. Yeah. I'm going to contour you. <laughs> Fucking hell, that's yeah, scary. Yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> Will you come, please? Yeah. <laughs> and save me, Anna. I'll bring you the lube. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> she'll contour our lube. You'll need to lube me up first, <laughs> definitely. So, Anna, do you, I mean, do you work from home? And have you done for some time? Because obviously you campaign for flexi working hours, and it's not even particularly for women, is it? I know it's for... No, for everyone yeah. I think that's kind of misconception is you know we get a lot of my biggest critic uh, he's called Gordon and uh, <laughs> Hi, he's Gordon. on LinkedIn and Hi, uh, he uh, he was just one. like oh this is this campaign's just for mummies who want to see more of their kind of Weetabix smattered children and I was like no it, it's not it's for and we heard from a guy the other day who every Wednesday goes to see his dad in Bognor Regis to cook him a cottage pie because that helps him he's got Alzheimer's it helps him have a bit of like punctuation in his week and he was like I need flex working for that and I literally wasn't a dry eye in the house when he was telling that story do you know what I don't I don't understand why you have to give a reason for why you need flexible working if you get your work done yeah then you get your work done yeah but there's I think because 
So it was uh, Sir Ian McKellen's great-great-grandfather who pioneered the two-day weekend. People forget this. Like, he was a factory worker, and he just went, guys, I just think we can do this better. Five days, two days rest. Was it just Sunday um, before that? It was just Sunday before that. And that, that was only because of God. Otherwise, they would have had everyone working, you know, <laughs> yeah, around the yeah. clock, around the calendar. Yeah. God could have pushed it a little bit more. Yeah. And what Sir Ian McKellen said God did is, it in seven days, so God come on. He thinks I everyone mean, else should. Yeah. Yeah. God, he basically God basically said, and I turned out all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 24-7, babes. <laughs> you can do it. And, Always on. And he said, uh, well, you know, those CEOs that are saying, no, this can't work, are enjoying a two-day weekend still. You know, like, nothing stopped. The world didn't end when that happened. And that was just like a factory worker in 1846 who went, guys, like, this isn't working. And so, you know. But also something happens, I think, when you get senior, because those CEOs, even now, might spend a couple of those days a week you know, on a golf course, schmoozing, on a long lunch. It just means that maybe maybe the time at your desk required lessons, but the responsibility becomes greater. So you just need to be grown up enough to shoulder that responsibility for looking after your own time, don't you? And I also think, as well, the the idea of, of, of um, sorry, Gordon, but, you know, these women's rights are human rights in the sense that if we're driving, pushing something forward because of the way that we want things, we want it to work for us, it will benefit everybody. This is what I never get about people just saying, well, it's all right for you and whatever. It's like, no, 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 we want to help everybody. It's for, and yeah, yeah. It's for the whole system. So when I uh, I did my mini pupillage at this place called Devereux Chambers on Chancery Lane, and I remember thinking, I want to be a barrister, I want to be a lawyer, this is where I'm going to go. My mum has built me up to do my ABCs, to do my GCSEs, <laughs> do my A-levels. I went the whole way. And then I got there and I was a mini pupil there. And the QC's uh, pupil was his son. And that was the pattern across chambers. It was just kind of like, I could see it. The optics on it were just like, where are the where are the women? Where are the women? There were lots of young women working, you know, as secretaries to QCs. But ultimately, the pupil was generally a guy, and he was generally the son to the QC. And I went home to my dad, and I just was like, I want this job, but also I want a kid at some point. I cannot see how I can do that. How it's possible. And my dad, in that moment, he was like, well, you know, I think... I think you're right, I've been through this, it is going to be tough. And that was when I went from that side to being a journalist. I mean, I, my first job was on Practical Caravan magazine. So, you know, when you have, like, really great, like, I've made this big point, I'm going to leave the law, and then it's like, what are you doing? I'm a journalist. Hold on. I'm just a journalist. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm a, I, from, I write about tow bars. And I'm in Bognor Regis. Various, various titles. Various titles. I'm aspiring to Practical everything. Motorhome. At what so. point did you, did you stop being full-time in a job? Um, so it was when I left L'Oreal Group. Uh, I didn't leave because I wasn't uh, worth it. <laughs> I just want to get that in. Um, I left there because I put my flexible working request in, and they'd denied it because it would, you know, open the floodgates to everyone else wanting. God flexibility. forbid. Which is, which is must be the thing that's most. Everyone gets hysterical about precedent his, setting, yes. don't they? The hysteria around. Everybody what, what, what if the the the, the woman slash person who was given flexible working hours? blossoms and produces brilliant work and excels mm -hmm. and the department's results are you know what if the experiment goes well and it, and this is it and the point was it wasn't about uh the position i was in there i just was like i continued freelancing for them after that because i still work for them uh they still because they're brilliant mm -hmm. and great and i have a great relationship with my boss but what was happening is they were paying me more once I'd left my role to do the same job in less time. And I just thought, 
okay, take away the personal here. This is costing business. And that's when I thought, I've got something here because they're not going to listen to me going, oh, I just want to work around my child. They're going to listen to, you're paying more for me. I was good, flex around me and I'd still be there, yeah. uh, you know, and aspiring to be on practical motorhome. <laughs> um, and so did you, when you, when you went, um, when you went freelance, yeah. did you have somewhere to work? Uh, so it was my home, really, my kitchen table, which was a rented flat in Acton, yeah. um, where uh, there was an acute uh, slug situation in one of the corners. You know when you have <laughs> images, slugs. you know when you have images of what you're sort of um, journalist. You know, it's like Carrie Bradshaw, and yeah. so I got to thinking, and there's like <laughs> exactly. Peony, is it no, Peony? Peony? Carrie Bradshaw, who wrote who wrote 400 words a week, a week. wore Manolos, and had a sort of you know had an apartment <laughs> on Bank Street. Or she sold us a lie. Careers. Yes, exactly. I mean, imagine, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I had a slug infestation and was freelancing for Practical Motorhome, and I just thought. <laughs> Okay, like I need to make some cash here. So, did you buy your first place as a freelancer? Uh, well, no, actually, we bought the first place when I was in house at L'Oreal. But my husband, the day we got the keys, he got made redundant. Uh, oh god! And I was on a sort of really a pittance to oh, live in London, so to have a house, and we had a kid. And that was when I was like, okay, I got, I got to do, play, press some buttons here because we'd bought our house. Um, Where was your house? Leighton. Uh, and, better Leighton than never. And, and so, <laughs> I mean, honestly, better Leighton never, than nowhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, it's, it's neither up nor come yet. And we're so, holding on. So you're, so you're in, you're in Leighton. So you've moved on from the. You've got one kid in Leighton, have you? We've got two now. You've got two, and yeah. you're still in Leighton. Yeah, still there. And so, how did you craft your working space out of your family house? Uh, it remained, it remained, well, f first of all, it remained the kitchen table. And then out of nowhere, my husband just went, well, you know, like there's this hallway area and he just ordered a um, 1950s fake uh, desk. It was like kind of one of these things, a bit sort of, we'd been watching Mad Men and you know, like, like fake Eames. He was, yeah, it was a faux Eames. <laughs> and he decided, but again, it was like the slug nightmare for me and he just put this thing in the hallway so we're all kind of scrabbling around it and that was became my a kind desk of in the hallway I yeah. love the desk in the hallway because that's the thing isn't it the well, rather than the pram a, in the hallway it's, yeah exactly which is it's supposed so to ruin a woman's career where you remember you remember virginia wolf whereas yes. a desk in the hallway could make a woman's career how let's let's rewrite that little oh, that's quote. quite binary isn't that's it that's really practical isn't it I like it. I like it. And did you wear the 1950s sort of Joan uh, or Peggy stash style, you know, outfits to, to go and work at your Mad Men desk? To go, well, or, no, I mean, or obviously. Or was it more of a pyjama situation? My husband, his nickname is the Patriarchy TP. So, you know, he, he obviously was the madman. Okay. I was fine. obviously just offering up the tea and okay. biscuits. So, Perfect. you know, I didn't want to get above my station. No, uh, God, absolutely no, God, not. No. So it's a desk that you fight for? Yes, I mean, it's, a shared, it's, shared, it's shared working. So what do you, what do you call it? Hot, hot desking, yes, but there's a little less of the hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's just desking in a just hallway. Desking. desking. Like drafty desking? Drafty desking. <laughs> Inconvenient desking because yes. it's in the hallway. Yeah. Desperate desking. Desperate desking. <laughs> it's funny that thing when you go freelance. I remember it really clearly. You go freelance, you're, you're sort of inevitably making more money somehow. Yes. Um, and, um, and yet at the same time, the big institutions trust you far less. So it's far harder to get a mortgage or a loan or, you because know, the idea is, well, you know, this month, you you know, yeah. you, you earn your keep, but who knows what's going to happen next month. Yeah. That must be people's biggest fear in terms of 
in terms of asking for flexible working, whether or not that then they will get some kind of contract that means that d that doesn't look legitimate. We certainly become like a Z list, like working citizen, yes. where you know you don't get protection of maternity rights. Yeah. You are certainly just thrown out to the wolves. And when you're on maternity leave, it's nigh impossible to get a mortgage. Uh, there is uh, lots of campaigning around it to try and shift that. Is that because the mortgage companies believe that you might get made redundant? I think there's something that or that because you're about, or is it as cynical as because you're about to become a mother you're going to be seen as disposable by the sort of professional world so think, you are a risk I think it's or a heady might. heady cocktail of isn't, the two isn't oh, that sorry. delicious <laughs> I'm just hitting things <laughs> ripping just the studio so angry. apart I'm like we haven't left Gilead <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting angry we're taking it out on the desk blessed be the fruit yeah. oh my god um, um, when did you start actively campaigning uh, so it was when I left L'Oreal, uh, and it was, I just, I'd sort of been, you know how we all started out on Instagram going, I don't really know what this is, and I'd done loads of kind of weird flat lays of my kid's Peppa Pig plate, and <laughs> I was like, I think this is Instagram, and then I'd done a Friday post on a Saturday, you know, and it was all just <laughs> going really Winning. wrong, and then I just thought, I don't know what I'm doing here, and I quit my job and felt really angry about it. My husband had been made redundant, you know, we weren't, financially we were pretty fecked and I just posted that in a moment of anger when nobody was saying anything you know when we're all posted just kind of, a post saying I just went I quit today because I cannot make my job work and I don't think it's my fault and that was it and I just said um, I think the system is broken not me and I cannot build up my daughter to work hard in her ABCs GCSEs A levels to have the same door shut in her face so that was the post and I had I think 62 followers including my auntie Janet who um, still kind of randomly trolls me in a way that <laughs> no one else does Quite, what's like, this is I don't so like what you're wearing Anna. She, just, she was saying things like um, like last week she saw a post I put up on Sunday and I was meant to be at Sunday lunch with her and she just said uh, why are you not is this why you aren't at Sunday lunch and I was like Auntie Janet, that's something for WhatsApp. You don't need to use Instagram to sort of air our dirty family laundry. <laughs> but she was one of them, and she actually, you know, to her due, she just posted going, go girl, you know, it was a real, like, go Aww. girl. And I had 62 followers at the time, and then by the end of that week, there were about 138 comments of people going, me, me too. too. Yeah. And that was where it started, was actually, oh, I thought I could just write some more words about flexible working, actually... Everyone's writing the words. And also, There's nobody changing it. It's that yet. funny thing where you leave an office team and you're free slash lonely. So maybe rather than turning to you know Emily and saying, I, I think this, you might put it out there in yeah. a different yeah. way. So you know you create your own platform, as it were. Yeah, and well, you I find found, your community. I found the middle when I was, I'll be honest, like in the throes of postnatal depression. I think we all find things online at different times that lift you in moments where you would have maybe needed a colleague you yes. know you know you are alone on maternity leave regardless of whether you stay at home go away whatever you do it's quite an isolating experience especially when you go back to work too and I found you guys then and I just remember the kind of ratio of kind of tears to laughter was a little shonky back then and I was like okay you've pulled me it was like one Aww. post 
and it would pull me out of something because then I didn't feel alone. And yeah. that's why I get very, very protective over social media is A, it has an ability to do that on a very human level. And B, you can just see the talent that's being cut out of the workforce. You can see it in almost like nine brick form on Instagram going, hey, this is what you've lost. Yeah. I totally agree. And actually, agree. this is now, it's not perfect, but it's allowing women to work in a way that they weren't able to before. And, and creating I mean, this female economy. Yeah. creating yeah, seventy-seven percent of businesses on Instagram are female, which is fascinating. Yeah. Which I, think I think also all enough. the different voices, and I think the way that you can find exactly—I mean, um, the, you know—I'm also a big believer in social media's ability to galvanize communities or help you find communities and voices and people represented in a way that you haven't—you were never able to to be before because for the the magazine structures were incredibly white and middle class and 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 male and so they were like well this is what we need to see and and you know being white and middle class myself obviously I've ha you know have a huge advantage um, and I under I understand my privilege but I also really love the fact that I can find all different and that other people can find all different kind of um, to, to things to, to admire and to be inspired and lifted up by and be on challenged the by as well I and think be challenged absolutely that's been the hardest bit but also the best bit is I had somebody coming back to the campaigning side of it say look I can't hear this anymore Anna like I am a shift worker I had my kids stashed in like the um, you know the container room last week because I couldn't get childcare your message is so nine to five so middle class white privileged yeah. message I can't hear it it's not inclusive it's not diverse and at that point you know you get the adrenaline rushing you're like I've failed I've done badly I've done a bad thing and you can't disagree with that point of you view you can't she was absolutely right and uh, then I we had a long chat and I was like why don't you write about what you've just said like write it just say how you feel this doesn't speak to you and she sp she spent the first two paragraphs in a really positive way slagging me off <laughs> uh, and you know like it was a good two paragraphs of this this woman has this no idea this has no idea <laughs> yeah. And then the next two paragraphs were really heartbreaking, detailing of uh, what the situation was for her. The Equality and Human Rights Commission, follow me, they saw it and then they invited us to a round table for her to talk to the key figures of industry about her situation, about where she had her child in the uh, cupboard room because she couldn't get childcare. It was too expensive during the summer holidays. He was just watching horrid histories on her laptop, like in this room. And it got back to uh, headquarters and then they sacked her on that. And she said, all I want businesses to do is be human. And in that moment, ask, why did that situation happen? What's your human reason not to go, you're out? And she spoke, and I'll show you after this, and I'll put it online, her speech. There was not a dry eye in, in the room. I'm not surprised. I've got and goosebumps. And it came from a point of challenging. And, uh, yeah, her name's Lourdes Walsh. And do we um, know how she's doing? Yeah, she's doing brilliantly. She's now writing for, like, The Guardian Amazing. and Telegraph. And well, it's given so her... But this, that's interesting, isn't it? So one woman chooses to challenge another woman. She yeah. challenges you. And, and you quite abrasive at first. I was yep. a bit yeah. like, oh, But you choose oh to listen. You choose to listen. And then something happens. Yeah, I agree. It's amazing. There's a line of, I think there's, there's abuse and trolling. Don't 
a, a deer that don't allow that to happen. But then there is a slightly spiky, punchy, yeah. mildly vitriolic sometimes challenging. And that's where I think we all can listen a lot more. That's always hard. Yeah. Whether it's a whether it's, you know, in the queue at the supermarket, round a dinner table. Yeah. You know, where, wherever it is, it's it's always a bit difficult to be to be questioned in that way. Because listening isn't just waiting to talk. It's taken <laughs> no. me a long time to work that out. And making I just a feel pun. the silence. <laughs> yeah. But I also think what's so extraordinary about the company that sacked um, the Lord is the woman you're talking about is that surely you want people who want to come to work and will do anything including hide their children in a cupboard in order to work what yeah. is yeah. what is what what is yeah. that that's she's what, not calling in sick she's not she's calling in sick she's not, not make it work. she's trying to make it work that is there must be thousands of people in offices who are just sitting there going well I'm on Facebook yeah. and 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 or whatever and, and 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 you're not getting the best out of people and I just think that attitude is just so I mean this is Obviously, we're going around in circles. But we, we both violently got our agree with kids to the Equality and Human Rights Commission, both of us, holding their hands, oh. and they could see their mums going, there's something we want to change for you. And I don't mean And that also, the Equality of- Commission could see the real-life small humans yeah. who had been, you know, or human who had been sitting in the cupboard on his iPad for his entire yeah. summer holidays. This is my son, yeah. and I am his mother. Yeah. I also want to work for you. And I think yeah. that's the challenge we've got across the board, but it is not just a you know nine to five middle class issue. No, yeah. Working from home with small children around. Oh yeah. <laughs> when I work from home, my husband gets really, ex- sometimes he's working from home and he's like, hey, you're working from home. And I am so horrible, I'm literally horrible. Emily's very, very diligent. I. I'm like, I have to get the work, the hours in. It's incredibly important. Nobody fucking speak to me. And I sit there like the sort of like the force of kind of emanating dark, <laughs> sort of hostile, do not come anywhere near me. Which is me basically forces. me on a good day. <laughs> so, you know. Sunshine and light. Yeah. Yeah. She is. And really, it's when Hey Dougie's on and the Sticky Stick song comes on. <laughs> sticky, sticky, stick, stick. Stick, stick, sticky, sticky, stick, stick. And if you can write a feature whilst listening to Sticky, Sticky, Stick, Stick, it's like kind of running the gauntlet, you know, the maternal gauntlet. I totally agree. I tell you what, though, in the um, working from home, um, has helped me make make sense of the fact that I have a home, how I pay for the home, the mortgage, what I'm putting in. You know, it, it helps me to make sense of the, the space that I've got and making it work for my personal life, but also my professional life. And I think that it speaks to as well the kind of work-life integration thing that we feel. I've never liked the idea of work-life balance because I think it implies a juggle and that implies that you drop things yeah. and yeah. it all goes wrong. And, and, that you and, also, so and also, the, it's yeah, so I, so also there's this idea that you then would come home from work and you would sort of take off your metaphorical shoulder pads and your power mask and then you'd go in and be a different person. Why can't we always be us? Yeah. And working from home has helped me make sense of that as and I move in and out of and different again, spaces. And again, as an employer... As an employer, why wouldn't you want someone who who hire someone and for them to be that person all the time? Like yeah. it, again, it, it's the idea that you would employ people who are sort of creating false identities in order to be there, and the, whereas actually, you know, a, again, you can be so much more creative if you are. Has the in world your space. has the world opened up? Do you think in terms of people being able to create their own working hours? I think a hundred percent. I think you know you, these conversations wouldn't have been happening ten years ago. Um, uh, they were kind of there was information there were stats out there but now companies are genuinely getting on board because the law will change like I don't you saw my post this morning about Finland in Finland I did so the Working Hours Act comes into effect on the 1st of January next year in Finland and it gives all employees 50% 50% of their time ownership of wherever they want to work, whenever they want to work. And the other 50% is down to the employer, but it's a meeting in the middle. 
And I think uh, there, there's nowhere to escape because I don't know about you, I purchase differently. I, I, the gender pay gap affects my purchases. If I see a company, I'm like, okay, I prefer to, you know, I prefer to invest in a company that invests in its people, a diverse and inclusive what, what workforce. Of, what often happens with the gender pay gap is, is a spokesperson from a large company or corporation will say, yes, yes, it's a problem, we're looking at it. Yeah. And they'll think that by virtue of saying that, they've That's somehow half. dealt or at least dealt with the optics. Yeah. And actually, we're a bit wise to that, aren't we? Yeah. We're looking at it isn't good enough. No. And I, I get wheeled out constantly to be sort of, oh, let's get that flex woman in. She'll, <laughs> she'll talk about the, you know, the, the, the gap. You mean the gaping black hole of gender inequality? Exactly. <laughs> it's not just a little mind the gap to I get know, on the tube. I, I totally agree. The pay gap really sounds it's totally just, minor, just a doesn't tiny it? gap. Yeah. Just, just a hot, like hop a crack. It. Just a little crack. In the in roof the, that you can't afford to fix. Yeah. It's like gaping hole, my friends. Gaping black hole. I agree. The vortex. Um, the funniest thing was the, uh, so I did a talk at the BBC and the HR director stood up and was like, you know, the policies here are absolutely excellent, absolutely brilliant. He's a lovely guy, got on with him really, really well. But then somebody internally stood up and said, well, I'm leaving my job tomorrow. It doesn't trickle down. And this isn't indicative just of the BBC, it's across the board. I've had these discussions with big companies where there's something being said that isn't trickling down. And now what you're getting is those within the companies challenging that and going, oi, Oh, that's not actually that, the case. That's what I think. And I think, that's I think, what needs I think to happen. Senior members of companies, particularly men, have had effectively flexible working hours for years. It just hasn't been officially recognised. They just. I mean, men just do it. Like yeah, guys just, tend just to do, do it. it, and they're just like, why? Yeah. Why are we all? Why are you all worrying about it? Whereas just, I'm sitting there going, I, I can't talk to you. I've just got to finish my my eight hours. Particularly if you're if you're a, if you're a, a, a woman with a with a small child and you know that you're being watched. Yes. And I in, mean, Emily had a situation once um, where she had a small child, and Emily was as diligent as she always is. She had a tiny baby, and someone silently placed a pair of headphones on her desk. If earplugs. Earplugs. It was a man. The implication being, you need to let your baby scream because we need to be reassured that you are in no way tired when you're coming into work. And by the way, she, she was performing on, she was firing on all cylinders. So that was a really extraordinary moment. Wow. Yeah, eight years ago, it's not a long time. No, no and it's I not think a long things time. have turned quite quickly in that time. And the man was very senior as well. And it does make you, you know, when someone very senior basically is saying to you, we think you might be, you know, slipping. Compromised. Yeah, you, you really panic. And it works. And I panic anyway. And it so. works on the other side as well. I had a guy last week who said he asked his boss to work flexibly uh, around his wife's job. And his boss just said, well, can't your missus do that? And he was like, no, she's a brain surgeon. And on Tuesdays and Thursdays, she needs to attend surgeon. to the brains. And so there's an element of like, pick a lane. Yeah. And it, it's, pick it's, a fucking <laughs> lane. it's like, can I please just leave 20 minutes earlier and then she can save the lives? Yes. You know, it, it was kind of quite But the a assumption being exactly that what she she did something irrelevant and therefore. Yes, what, and also this, this, this so implication that Love women it. who want to, you know, spend a little bit more time with their Weetabix splattered children is how is that bad for society? Yeah. The, you know, because also I think the thing about working mothers is the sheer productivity and efficiency of the small windows of time. Oh, my the goodness. The way that they get things done. Oh, yeah. We're, ca we're eye through the camel needle, whatever. I mean, we can do it all. That's wrong. I know. <laughs> <laughs>
I mean, this morning, you've already just, I feel like you've owned the jumpsuit uh, quandary. You don't know what's going with my pants, but thank you. Uh, I feel that I found a solution to lacking lip balm. Oh, my yes. My lips so are lubricated. So, okay, so, and we came so out I, with a multi-mid Anna, wa- Anna, Anna walked in this morning, also wearing a jumpsuit, rather silkier and more feminine than my jumpsuit, but she, does look she had a static problem. Oh, big static problem. So <laughs> out of my handbag, some people have, you know, we're all Girl Scouts in our own ways. Like, you know, Emily might have some Lem Sip or, you know, someone might have a safety pin. But I whipped out my handy tube of Elm that I never leave home without, I gave Anna a thorough spraying, and it did. That myth is true. It did solve the clinging, the clinging static problem, And the right? thing is, I didn't imagine meeting you, and the first thing we did was to go, should we go up the leg? <laughs> <laughs> and it hit the gusset. I'm and not going to lie. Yeah. You, you hit and gusset. Now we're ecstatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's perfect. Um, so, so, yes, I wonder if 2020 is going to be a big year for, um, for us. For, I wonder if we'll take notice of Finland in a meaningful way. We have to just, I guess we watch closely and so see. 2019 yeah. was pretty epic for you. You were in the Commons, weren't you? Were reading. Uh, yeah, we got the 10 minute bill through exactly. uh, to Parliament through Helen Waitley. Yeah. And that was essentially just to put the. Um, put the burden of flexibility on the employer's shoulders so it's not us going please sir can I have some more it's saying this is a fundamental shift in the fabric of how we work and it's down to the employer to prove it cannot work I mean, that's and that's a huge effort for them to go uh, no and we worked out the only job you cannot work flexibly is probably on an oil rig and we're talking sometimes five minutes of flexibility it's not everybody going and working at home you know and watching Homes Under the Hammer and their <laughs> undercrackers which is I think the general fear. Although, if you work really hard and you want half an hour of watching that in your knickers, then it's just the time that everyone in offices spends on their Facebook or playing solitaire. Yeah. God, I spent half my 20s playing solitaire. Or in fucking meetings. Oh meetings, about meetings, meetings about meetings. I mean, honestly, I, I, the tyranny of meetings. Meetings are the worst, yeah. aren't they? It's like, can yeah. we meet? No. Meetings just... are better than calls. Conference calls don't work. Nothing happens. No. It, everybody just goes in circles, yeah. just sort of waving, waving their sort And of also everyone's phallus. on mute. Yeah, yeah, I'm here, I'm here. They're not. They're watching telly or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, they're watching home. I have to say, I, in a religious sense, I do not believe in conference calls. No. I think just less human interaction, the better, to be honest, <laughs> just across the board. Uh, and, my, and my husband agrees with that because he's Aberdonian and he's just like, is he, is he, the less people in my life, the better. Do you ever feel lonely working from home? 100%. That's yeah. why I'm absolutely here. That's why <laughs> oh, I great. have been stalking you for a while <laughs> and um, will not relent until there's a restraining that, order. That, I have that. I have that I double edge. I like you. I want it. <laughs> I want it. I have that double edge loneliness, which is that, you know, that typical thing we talk about where I think, um, why is my phone not ringing? Why are my phones ringing? Who the fuck is calling? You know, yeah. so I'm both very, I'm both very, very existentially lonely sometimes, which makes me feel incredibly sad and also very scared and resentful about the idea of being around people at all. Yeah, it's a and really it's, difficult purgatory to be in. I know. Self, self-inflicted it's, it's, purgatory. It's honestly, backing yourself into an anxious corner where all you can do is lose. I know <laughs> that I know you're, that you're in a lonely v- vortex or whatever when you don't reply back, when you don't yep. text me back, yep. which is an extraordinary thing because I know that I'm reaching out saying, hi, I imagine that you're lonely, you're, you know, or, or, or whatever. Or no, should just or, say something like, how was shopping? Yes, exactly. Um, when I've been to sort of M&S, you know, yep. on a Saturday morning. And, you, and you're quite right. I just, if I'm feeling lonely, I can't bear to answer. So yeah. it becomes a very self-fulfilling madness. And then I, and, and, and I, you know, do you think I should chase you? Like, a, a, you know, 
do you think I should keep going? I think it would be bad for both bad. of us. Okay, fine. I'll yeah. just leave you alone then. Yeah, just, no, no, don't leave me alone. No, just keep going exactly as you are. Okay, fine. God okay, forbid. So that I think your next book should be The Loneliness Vortex. Yes. <laughs> like a really Maybe. uplifting, uplifting Up- book post-Brexit. Yeah, Why it's okay yeah, yeah. to be lonely. Why? <laughs> the the I, Loneliness Vortex. I think that the idea of not going out ever again makes me so happy. And yet... Well, it's that compelling, again, you know, appalling mixture between having FOMO and JOMO. I can't believe I'm not invited. I can't believe I'm not there. Thank God I'm not out. Thank God I didn't have to go. Yeah. Operating in parallel at the same time, both causing you slight anxiety and stress. And there's a new one on the town now called FOBO, Fear of Better Options. You know when you're on Netflix and you're like... I think I'm going to watch this series and they go, no, there's going to be, there's got to be something else like this. You end up basically just scrolling through everything, not landing on anything because you're fearing there is a better option around the corner. And because the time that we have awake, well, I mean, not including my insomnia, but awake and sort of functioning, well, not even functioning, but you know what I mean? (laughs) The time that we have, the window of opportunity is so small that you want to fill it with something ace. It's got to be exceptional. Exactly. And then you end up with nothing. Nothing at all. Just scrolling into the night in the lonely. Yes, in the loneliness vortex. And also we all know people who um, uh, have a fear of a better offer, which means that they can't say yes to anything. Yeah. Because they think that basically you're asking them around for shepherd's pie, but someone might ask them to go on a boat in the Caribbean. (laughs) I mean, it's the sort of madness that they won't say yes to anything. When they finally do, you've lost interest. I feel you've got good enough friends, though, that you could just say, look, I love the pie. The cottage pie is great, but I have just been invited on a yacht in the Caribbean. No, but the question is, you haven't. You just think that that might. Oh, you think it might. Yeah, you're holding out and holding out. (laughs) I absolutely No, no, obviously anyone would understand. Or they're an absolute. (laughs) No, you need to come around to my my leaking kitchen and eat my mediocre shepherd's pie. Forget that yacht. No, what I'm saying is there is no yacht except <laughs> there might be a yacht yes there always might be a yacht god do you think chapter right 14 chapter 14 in the loneliness vortex yes. there might be a yacht <laughs> <laughs> yes. do you think take that to your shrink 20 yes exactly 2020 is the year of the yacht everybody oh wouldn't that be good what is so we decided that 2019 was the year of the vulva i'm not sure that happened but i got quite up in arms because people everyone was calling vulvas vaginas and lots of women were free the vagina i was thinking if women can't even get it right the vulva the bit on the outside then so we tried to sort of well I'm not sure that panned out but what's 2020 the year of? Because my, my daughter calls the vulva the Volvo and the, Very good. And the vagina the regina. Like and I just love vagina. The regina. Regina is just walking, it's just driving it down the road in her Volvo. But regina, I mean, surely, yes, queen, basically. Yes, absolutely. I, mean, that I makes think regina works brilliant. So maybe, it it's, yeah. Maybe it's the year of the regina. What is the year of? Um, I think somebody messaged me this morning saying uh, they're struggling with the word success, you know, like how it's kind of been this financial business focused thing. And she's like, "Um, I had huge resentment of people succeeding, especially online. And she said, I realized when I started challenging those people and talking to them, they were like, I have extreme like envy of your life, like what you're doing. And we've put so much placement on on the financial, the remuneration, the glass-walled office, all these things that we were meant to chase. Yes. And I feel like there's an element of redefining what success is, putting priority on a parental duty needs to be considered as a, with financial remuneration by society as well. Like until that happens. So success becomes working in so the way that you need to it's work. It's working the way, whether that is staying at home with your children. Nobody stays at home with their children. I mean, <laughs> child, children need airing. I don't yeah. know one person who's like at home with their children. Um, but yeah, I, think I really admire the ones that are. Yeah. Because I, I no way could do it. 
for me always being able to, to, to go to work was just a massive privilege. It's constant conflict. I think you are constantly... Grass is always greener, isn't it? Constantly in conflict with what you should do. And you cannot, I think, and the problem with Instagram is it's given us a window into the seeming lives of others without mm. it actually being the reality. Mm. Um, and so we're all kind of becoming a bit neurotic about what we're not achieving, what we should be achieving, when yeah. it's almost like... Yeah, and I think we don't celebrate the little successes enough. You know, we think that we have to kind of be constantly forging ahead to some bigger master plan. What like, actually, yeah. like here's my new job slash extension slash it, husband. Yeah, exactly. Slash diamond ring slash yeah. yacht holiday. Yes. And actually, we, you know, uh, maybe we're all slashies. Yes, exactly. Or maybe it should just be I got got up and got dressed and left the house looking, you know, Okay. Well, when I started Feeling following okay. you, uh, uh, well, I remember like, you know, when you, my friend had said, you need to write down five things that you're going to do every day because I was feeling so down. I kept referring to it as kind of a grey postnatal fug. I'm but so it was, sorry um, to hear that you No, no, so I don't, down. I'm not, no, no, not but for attention seeking. No, so. no, 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 but I think it's so awful because it, it, you I just don't know how to get out of it. And weirdly, the more down I felt, the more I posted in an attempt to reach out, an attempt to get my head back online. Uh, online, <laughs> offline, um, and I remember writing down five things, and she said, "Just do those five things." And I'd have, I'd like, right, check in on what the mid alt's doing, uh, ring mom, you know, it was very simple things, and go and do one thing outside a day. And I remember walking, and I, my C-section scar was a bit of a mess, and I walked to the post office, posted a letter to my mum, and walked back, and somebody just said, "Morning." And that was it. And I remember that moment not being the thing that fixed me, but gave me the first step to getting out of that darkness. And it was that repetitive nature. And I would not have got out of it had it not been the connection online, had it not been my friend checking in on WhatsApp going, you know, what have you done five your five things? things? Have you done your five Do things? You know, I think um, that routine is really quite crucial to sanity. Yeah. You know, ideally you set it yourself rather than someone else setting it for you because that's what we're sort of talking about. But it really does help to know that there are certain things that you will do. And that's the huge irony in what I'm fighting for is I bloody love the nine to five. Yeah. I love it. I love a nine star, a five finish. And I'm not breaking it down. I'm just trying to give people choice around it. I get a lot of people very protective over the nine to five. Like, stop trying to break it down. Like, I need those boundaries. And what we're all doing, I think, as freelancers at home around it's ebbing and flowing, but not in a healthy way. The issue with flexible working as a freelancer or just within a company is not doing less. It's doing too much. It's yeah. overproductivity. I agree. It is burning out. It is not switching off. But and, I think that's a problem um, even with full-time workers because I think now you know if you know how many bosses you email people five. at 8 p.m. Exactly. You, you work, work 9 to 5 but then you work 5 till 9 yeah yeah and my boss in Holland, he was just like, I remember when London and New York in a fever were like calling in as I was working at Tommy Hilfiger and they were like, we must have this conference call. Absolutely have to have this conference call, 7 p.m. And he just went, no, Amsterdam's not going to be there. We'll be there, we'll be there tomorrow. And he just went, it, guys, it's shoes, it's handbags. <laughs> and I was just like, I love him. I was like, that's what I want in a boss is someone to own other people's time he's respecting other people's time he was like no one's going to die overnight and we had the call the next day but it takes somebody at the top 
to own that and manage Also, that. I've always found New Yorkers are particularly deranged when it comes to that just stuff. Just kind of this, you know, the whole world's going to end if we don't, you know, sort Deal out that right We don't do this Christmas yeah. Eve 8pm conference call. Yeah, the world's going to descend and I think that's, it's become hysterical and there's that trickle-down effect of panic at the top and we all then end up having to just deal with it's the panic. It's like that awful um, um, yeah, passive-aggressive CCing. Yes. When people yes. will send an email, you know, at 9.30 at night, make sure they CC some of the leaders, yep. the leaders, <laughs> and um, just to show that they're, that they're sort of doing something. Yes, and exactly. everybody feels the need to go, you know, yes, I, I agree, and let's make it, you know, and, and let's have a meeting about this meeting. And then you wake up meeting. or whatever, and then at four in the morning when you look at your phone, you have like 20 emails from people going, congrats, yes, brilliant, we're on it. And you think, ah, I've been asleep. And the <laughs> subtext is justifying my existence. Yes. yes. Totally. That's it. It's just my presence, like total. But this is the thing. It's the presenteeism. It's the. It's but the, the Dutch are so much better at that. That's the thing I learned from them. Was they would just be like, I was a copywriter over there, and my the same boss would be like, Anna, this is not good. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> there was no shit sandwich of like, I see what you've done here. I love it, but maybe we just tweak it. It's like, yeah. it's not. It's, it's, it's not, not good. It's not good. I like it. It's not good. I like, I'm, I was like, I'm oh, going to start using. And then I came back. And it's like but better. You know what? I think it, this is all wound up in this. You know, a lot of the stuff we say about learning to say an unapologetic no which is harder for women yeah. um, funny enough I've never found that hard I've always been quite bullshy and able to say to, to bosses and that kind of thing no I'm not going to be doing that you see I'm a terrible people pleaser yeah. and actually I need the office environment for my people pleasing there's no point people pleasing my fucking computer yes. or people pleasing my that sounds like I'm masturbating <laughs> sorry people, people. <laughs> sounds like you know what am I going to people please my fridge are you going to be like hello fridge how are you you look great today you know that's, so you need so faces and bodies in I order need, to yes, yes. Again, you're, you're a praise monkey that, yes. you're a praise monkey I'm, I, uh, that's it and uh, so I find well, she it likes really to hard. give it as much as she likes to get it and <laughs> Here's to 2020, the year of the, what did we decide? Lube. The year lube. of the lube. <laughs> the year of the lip lube. Oh, that's a brilliant idea. Year of the lube. Anna Whitehouse, you have been an absolute sensation. Thank you so much for coming to see us. You've been listening to Annabelle Rifkin and Emily McMeekin of The Medalt. Our book, I'm Absolutely Fine, is out now. If you like what you've heard, please rate, review and subscribe. This podcast was brought to you by Habito. Make your mortgage easy at habito.com. And we'll just leave you with this thought. It's when we aim low that we miss. Hi, my name is Kay Adams. And to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process. So I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.